Hey, welcome to the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast, where theology and youth ministry meet. You can learn more about Youth Pastor Theologian online at youthpastortheologian.com or find us on social media at Youth Theologian. I'm your host, Mike McGarry. Thanks for joining us for this conversation about practicing theology and youth ministry. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast. We are here in our online studio with my friend, Philomena Fitzpatrick. Uh, I met Philomena at the Growing Young Disciples Conference in England about a year and a half ago, and I have been so encouraged by your friendship and by your good work in Ireland. So Philomena is the youth worker at Ballycollin Community Church in West Dublin, which is at the foothills uh, of the Dublin Mountains. Uh, she ministers to <laughs> children through young adults, and we are so happy to have you joining the podcast today. How are you doing, Philomena? I'm doing amazing. I'm really excited just to chat away to you. And I just love how God has given us such a great friendship through um, GYD in England. I agree. I agree. Really so, cool. could you could you just <laughs> share? Uh, could you just share a little bit about um, what did you do before you were in youth ministry? I think you have a really compelling story there. And how did the Lord lead you into youth work? Yeah. Oh my goodness! I can hear all my friends laughing now. They're like, that, "That's a pretty long story," but I'll try to keep it short. Yeah. Um, it was through hearing the gospel at the age of seven um, and the resurrection that I came to faith and then grew up uh, going to church and youth and really on fire for Jesus. Uh, then later on in life, I got very involved in musical theatre and actually drifted away from the Lord during those years and was very, very successful. God humbled me. And the only thing I wanted to do was to run back to him, to run back to scripture, to run back to the local church. Um, and then God used that to redirect me to Bible school. Everyone thought I'd gone crazy. You've left your career. What are you doing? And I just was so sold out for the gospel. And it was there that Jesus showed me how unreached my own country was, Ireland. I didn't know until I found it in Bible school that Ireland is the least reached English speaking country in the world. And I just thought, that's it. Um, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a missionary. And I thought I'd be a missionary somewhere else, but God and his grace brought me back to Dublin, back to my parents' spare room, back to what do I do with my life? And it was true connecting with Ballycullen Community Church that I got to be their intern and then that led to part-time and then that led to full-time and just seeing God's faithfulness uh, has just been absolutely amazing. And you know something, he is using all those skills of musical theater and the arts and the creative arts. So if that's your background, you can definitely use them in gospel work and youth work in your local church family. I love, I'm very passionate about that. Yeah. So that's a little bit of a snapshot uh, of my life and how God has you know, uh, brought me back to him. And it's such a joy and a privilege uh, just to be spending my time like this. I feel very uh, very happy. Uh, it's hard, but it's so worth it. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'm I'm so encouraged by you and uh, by your passion for not just youth, but for your country. And um, so, could you just share a little bit about what you're what you're saying about 
the religious state of Ireland. Yeah, um, I think there's a there's a lot of misunderstanding about Ireland. Uh, so I'm talking about the Republic of Ireland. So uh, there's Northern Ireland and there's the Republic of Ireland. And a lot of people ask about the relationship between the two. And I love both. I have friends in both. So I have gospel hearted friends in both. But the Republic of Ireland is the least reached English speaking country in the world. So there are many towns and villages who have never heard the gospel. So in Ireland, a lot of people would say that they're Christian. So what that really means is they're culturally Catholic. They would go maybe to Mass at Christmas and at Easter, but no one really believes it, you know. Um, so, but I think because of the trauma that Ireland has gone through with the history of abuse, um, in not just with Roman Catholicism, but even other denominations, I think people are really have a hard heart uh, towards God, uh, but they are more open to hearing other worldviews. So a lot of people I meet would say they're they're spiritual. So I feel like we're at a unique uh, point in Irish history where people are willing to investigate a different viewpoint and you're not looked down as um, crazy if you're not Catholic. Mm-hmm. When I was a child growing up, I was the only person in my in my entire school who wasn't Roman Catholic. Yeah. And that was seen as such a such a crazy thing you know um so yes ireland is very unreached uh one percent of the population know jesus and with that comes a real passion to um tell people about the gospel and to teach the bible um and also for the christians here i love what it, it brings unity in the gospel because even if you're a different denomination we're like hey another christian yay yeah. <laughs> And I think there's a real joy in that. And even with partnering with Northern Ireland, it's been lovely for the teenagers in my context to meet other teenagers who would maybe have more Christian friends. And it encourages the teenagers up there to see, do you know what I mean? So yeah, I just, I see that there are things God uses in the hardship of being so unreached. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So if you're hearing this and God is putting Ireland on your heart, get in touch. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. All right. So I have a question. Um, so I'm, um, my family is Irish, right? I, I live in the Boston area. Um, also mm-hmm. very Catholic area, a very unreached yeah. area of the United States, um, routinely in the least religious region of, of the United States. Um, so. How do you, so I know something of what, what you're talking about of, you know, that there's barely any Christians, um, and yet there are churches in every town and like, but there's no Bible in them. There, there's the Bible is never opened in them. The gospel is never preached in them. Um, but the churches are there and people would still, if they're filling out a census and when it says religion, a lot of people still mark off Christian. But they really they do they do not know the gospel, right? They don't know Christ. Um, so when you're ministering to whether it's an adult or a child or a teenager, um, and that's their background, right? So that they're kind of culturally Christian. How do you go about discerning? Like, do they actually understand the gospel, um, or is this a, a form of cultural Christianity here that we're addressing and engaging with? Yeah, it's it's definitely cultural. So 
people in Ireland who would identify as Christian and in the senses tick the Christian box. It's like, I'm a good person, sure, I haven't killed anyone and I go to mass every so often, you know. Um, and now something I want to welcome everyone into our church family, into youth group, and it's having the sensitivity to teach the Bible faithfully, trust the Lord as you teach the scriptures and you'll see people's eyes being opened as they're exposed to like faithful gospel exposition, but also a gospel loving family. And you need both yeah. you need grace and you need truth and you need understanding of your context. Um, you know, in, your, in my zeal, <laughs> oh, I'm so embarrassed, but in my zeal, as a younger Christian in school, I was so burdened for my friends, but often I didn't go about it in the wise way. And we want to be gentle and we want to be loving. So, yeah. And it's also trusting that it's God's yeah. word and his spirit that does the yeah. work. Uh, and that takes time. Yeah. Um, you know, Rico Tice, who's an amazing evangelist and really has his finger on the pulse of what's of what's happening in the UK and some some of the context in Ireland. He speaks about how it takes five years for someone to come to faith. And actually, recently we've had great news of um, Tian, who is now a young adult, and his journey. It took him five years, five years of of youth group of summer camps of coming to church and even before that his family were suspicious of us as a church and it was true cups of tea and you know relationship building friendship forming that they were like oh okay our son can come to youth group oh okay yeah uh, he's an adult now he can make his own decisions so yeah it's been such a joy uh, to see him come to yeah. faith um, and I know the road ahead for him isn't easy because his family probably won't fully understand right. <laughs> and we pray that God will God will use you know his, his testimony in their lives and even one of my best friends Carol Higgins she came to faith from a Catholic background and her mother was very upset and came to Ballycullen yeah. Church what is this church what is yeah. this place and she came to faith wow. now that was true many yeah. years and when she came to faith she said to her daughter Carol I'm not telling anyone and I'm not getting baptized. And she told everyone <laughs> and she got baptized. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise God. Yeah. No, it's it's really, really great to see. So yeah, it's being sensitive to the culture. It's yeah. loving people for people, not because they're a project. And it's trusting that God's word is at work. And I remember one time we had a teen come to youth group. He was actually a next door neighbor of one of the teens. And he'd never opened the Bible before. And we're in the middle of Habakkuk. And my sin was like, I have all the books in the Bible to be in. It's really hard for him. And, and he read aloud. Yeah. He wanted to read. And he really engaged uh, with the passage. So, yeah, the Lord rebuked me, rightly so. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so just how God's at work in, in different people. It's his word yeah. and he uses the local church. So, yeah, that's, praise that's God incredible. for that. I have been so blessed and encouraged uh, by friends like you and and others um, who I've had the the honor of meeting through through leading youth pastor theologian. Um, I think people would probably be surprised um, the what God is doing here and bringing together international youth workers through this simple website and podcast and community. Um, and so it's it's really encouraging to hear how much international youth workers have in common 
um, and the heart we have for the gospel and the heart we have for reaching the next generation. Um, and when we learn about what youth ministry looks like in other countries, it's a really incredible opportunity for us to evaluate our own biases just about what youth ministry should look like because it's really just all that we know. Um, so would you just take a few minutes and share a little bit about what does youth ministry look like in Ireland? And what are some common attitudes that teenagers have um, about religion and, and about Christianity in particular? Brilliant. Yeah, so some common attitudes for teenagers or families who have no connection to a gospel teaching church would be suspicion. First, it'd be confusion. Sure, aren't we all Christians? Mm -hmm. So a real lack of understanding of the Bible and of the gospel. Yeah. And that is not their fault. Yeah. They've never heard. Um, and I'm just another beggar telling another beggar where to go and get right. bread. So, yeah, so there's a humility there. But yeah, a real lack of trust and suspicion. Um, I think it takes years to develop relationships and trust. Uh, and we see teens will come to a one-off event and then gradually the carol service and yeah. then they'll get involved in a summer club and then they'll come to youth yeah. group. And it could be maybe when they're at the higher end of of, of youth, but then they could go on um, just like that teen I shared about who went on to the adult mm -hmm. stuff and then came to faith. Uh, there's a lot of barriers to the gospel, which I think a lot of us are facing, aren't we? In yeah. the States, in England, in Europe. Um, and it's this whole idea of, um, you know, there is no truth. How can you trust the Bible? Mm -hmm. um, what about all the hurts that the church has caused? That's a huge yeah. one. And I love engaging with that. Uh, Trinity College usually asked me to come in to do this, to do that talk, because uh, there's a lot of trauma in my own family, um, church history. And it's a fascinating story. No time to share this mm -hmm. podcast. But yeah, I think there's a lot of trauma there and speaking into it, the things that are done in God's name, but not by God's people. Yeah. I think it's very, very uh, helpful to distinguish that. Um, so there's some common attitudes. But then I think there is a hunger also. I think people get excited to go, wow, uh, what is the Bible all about? You know, I've seen people come to Christianity Explorers and Bible overviews and, and see as time goes on how they see how the whole Bible fits together mm -hmm. and how there's not only hope of salvation but what that means to be part of a local church and then the future hope of the yeah. new creation and then i think for teens following jesus i think their attitude is um they're eager for wisdom so you can give them knowledge okay but then but knowledge soaked and applied is wisdom isn't it when you yes. see it in your life yes. and they need wisdom because when I was in school, it was like, oh, you're different and I'd get a little bit of bullying or whatever and hard questions and that strengthened my faith. But now it's it's dangerous to be a Christian. It's you're bigoted. You're, there's pride week. There's um, I'm pansexual. I'm asexual. And you know, I think a lot of young people are afraid and, and that causes them to doubt scripture. So they need to be taught the full counsel of God. And they also need a loving environment where they can voice things that they might be struggling with, you know, even even their own sexuality. Like churches mm -hmm. should be a safe place yeah. for all this. It should be a loving place. And they need the courage then to stand firm that we can be a part of the culture. We can have the crack, as we say in Ireland. We can <laughs> have fun. We can enjoy the good things God's given us, but we're going to be different. Yeah. 
And to some people, we're going to be the smell of life and to others, we're going to be the smell of death. And I think also an attitude that teenagers have is a longing for connection and not just to their own age group. I sat with two teenage boys in a place in County Wicklow called Glendalough and we waited for two older church members in their 80s in my family to come down from the hill because we thought they got lost. And when they came down, I said, right, lads, do you want to go? And they said, no. And we spent the next hour all chatting together. And when I drove them home in the car, they said, we've, ne- we've never really spoken to older people in their 80s wow. and they absolutely loved it because they didn't have grandparents' yeah. lives. So yeah, that attitude of wanting to connect with older people mm. And I think also a longing for deep friendship. Um, We live in a world that is instant connection, but is it deep? Mm -hmm. And I think in the gospel, like even you and me have experienced this, even though we only met once in person, like our friendship is deep because it's rooted in Christ, it's rooted in Jesus. And that is a a testimony to the watching world, but also an encouragement to those walking with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm just struck by... um, yeah, there's so much hunger for a, a deep connection, for more, and just mm-hmm. how do we? I guess how how are you leaning into that invitation, right? That that relational hunger, and what does that look like for youth work in Ireland? Like how how are you? How are other churches? How are other youth workers? Like what's the structure and the program? look like in your ministry and then um after that i want to talk a little bit about kind of the more relational aspect Uh, but i think it might be helpful first just to hear like programmatically and organizationally what does youth ministry look like yeah really really good question so we want to be faithful to teach through the books of the Bible. And every year we will go through a gospel. So this year we were in Luke. Um, and then my team of leaders has always changed. And I'm really thankful for them all. Um, so it's working with my leaders um, to choose books of the Bible and to train them up. In, in teaching. So we'll have a gospel, we'll have a series of apologetics. And this year we actually got the teens themselves on Instagram to choose what those oh, questions cool. are. Um will be in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Plus we go to the Irish Youth Convention, um, which is which is so great to hear faithful mm-hmm. Bible teaching. Um yeah, so it's very for us we're always trying to hit the keys of uh, having a gospel every year, uh, going through the apologetics that they might be struggling with. And then we have a four-year curriculum that we're trying to get through major books of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, but we're also dealing with people who have never opened the Bible before yeah. and teens who've grown up in church. And I think the temptation is sometimes to just focus on the ones who have never come to youth group. And I don't think that is what we want to do at Ballycullen. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, and sharpening our application uh, to those who are following Jesus and not following Jesus. And also like at the moment we're teaching through the book of Daniel and seeing how the book of Daniel is pointing to the Messiah, is pointing to Jesus, like their face just lit up, like the contrast between Darius and Pilate, yeah. between Daniel and the den and Jesus in the tomb. Like I could just see the whole room go, wow. Yeah. And you're doing two things there. You're teaching teens that yes, the Bible's true and we can trust it. And you're also encouraging those who are living for Jesus at the same time mm-hmm. as proving that the Bible's true. Um, so that's a bit of our, our program. 
And then also for discipleship. So in Ireland, you would, from the ages of 13 to 15, you would do your junior certificate. And then from the ages of 14 to 18, depending on if you do an optional kind of relaxed year, yeah. <laughs> we call it a, a dossier, the TY okay. year. Um, then you have your leaving certificate and then you'll go on to college after that. So for first to third years, uh, I try and meet with different teenagers in coffee shops, in hotel coffee shops, because they tend to be quieter. Yeah. And we will do uh, a Christianity Explorer together, uh, going through Mark's yeah. Gospel. And it's amazing just slowing down a teenager, getting them to read the Bible. And then for older teens, uh, doing a Bible overview. And this is something I think is key. I think to show. A young person. I think I was craving this when I was a teenager for someone to come along and to show me how scripture fits together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to point me to the new creation is just, uh, it's changed people's lives. I've seen how it's changed people's lives. Um, and then with that, we are also do residentials. We do our youth weekend away and we're very keen to partner with other churches. So we want to expose the teenagers to a different church family. And then we have our church weekend away. So our teaching, we always try um that make sure that we're in different books of the Bible so we're not overlapping. Um, I know some churches might do the sermon alongside their youth program. But also I think one thing that I really want to be growing is taking care of my youth leader team. And a part of that is allowing them to input into the Bible teaching. Mm-hmm. So although we have a four-year curriculum in place, we want to also allow people to say, hey, I've been really, I've been really burdened. And actually that's why we're doing Daniel again. A youth leader was really burdened about the pressures that the teens were facing. And I thought, yeah, let's go for it. Let's do it. Even though it's not in our criteria, it's good to have structure, but it's also good to hear the input of your leaders. So yeah, that's definitely key. That's interesting. So I've heard, um, yeah, I've had a lot of Daniel lately. So that's interesting that you're, you know, experiencing that yourself um yeah i think in ireland we had an abortion referendum and a marriage referendum and it was very much a hostile aggressive Mm. culture and it was it was kind of you know in daniel 3 bow or burn it's like you can believe anything but you have to believe this as long as it's this you know and that's kind of the narrative under under a lot of a lot of the headlines today and that's what our teens are Mm. facing and walking into and so i think a lot of them can relate to that. But also for those who are not Christians, it's seeing how God again and again is showing that he's in control. Yeah, you yeah. know, these kings think they are, but ha ha ha, no, he's <laughs> in control. And and yeah. and the the security that there is, because there's such an anxiety. Like sometimes you are tempted to have anxiety or to, mm-hmm. to even experience anxiety because of how the world is going. And then I think what must it be like for a young person doesn't have the hope of salvation, who doesn't know Christ, who doesn't know a loving church family, like that must be really, really hard. And when you're teaching them scripture and saying, no, actually behind all this mess, God is in control. And it's still the same today behind all these world powers, although the world can seem like a mess um, and there's pain, there's war and that Lord is on his throne and nothing can his plans and are you going to be are you going to miss out on being a part of his kingdom and i just love seeing when the penny drops or mm. the eyes widen and also i think some teens have understood the gospel but they're like no i want to go off and have my fun and i think it's true teaching the bible faithfully that they'll see actually 
real life is following the Lord. And I think that's where the local church comes in. And I guess that goes on to your relational stuff. And I remember when I was turning 30, I decided to have a big party. Like, I mean, dancing, food, fun. And I was wondering, should I invite the teens from church? And I I did. I ended up inviting all the teenagers from church and they had a great time. But one of them who is now about to get baptized, she's she's a good bit older now, but she she said, Philomena, that's when I knew you really loved me. Mm. But she said, and I thought of that verse in Thessalonians where it says, we didn't just share the gospel with you, but we shared our very lives, you know, because you were so precious to us. And I think young people know when they're genuinely loved or when they're just, you know, part of the youth group and bringing people into relationship. And I do think youth workers feel this burden to be friends to everyone. You don't have to, but it's make it's helping those connections with the wider church family, like bringing in someone older to share their testimony or challenging them to talk to someone in church, not in their age group. Uh, this week on Sunday, you know, I think there are ways you can really help uh, the youth weekend away, the church weekend away, um, things like that are just so great. Like we even have soup lunches, um, hanging out together, having people over at your home. There was a friends of mine, they've gone off now to County Galway, but they used to have a book club and that after church on a Sunday once a month, and they had teenagers there, they had people in their eighties, and it was just a time of laughter, of fun, of friendship. And of really getting stuck into good books, both Christian and non-Christian mm-hmm. books. So, yeah, I think I think young people need to be exposed to tr- to doing life together. Or even if you're, even if I was like off to the shops to buy stuff for holiday Bible club, I'll try to drop a text to someone saying, "Hey, you're around and just to yeah. hang out." And it's it's in those moments where they might, you know, share uh, their struggles. Not that you can rescue them from the struggles but you can pray yeah. with them. You can support them. You can walk alongside yeah. them. And that's what church family should be. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, like you just said, it's the sharing, the struggle. And um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the sharing. So I I love that birthday story so much. That's, <laughs> wow. That's, that's beautiful. Um, and now I was, to be honest with you, I have a lot of yeah. non-Christian friends. I have a good relationship. I work in music. I worked in musical theater, so I have a lot of very flamboyant friends yeah. who know I'm. I love Jesus, yeah. and I've, you know, so I knew that there were all these different people coming, and yet, like that's what our young people are walking out into yeah. anyway. So why not show them that? Yeah, just, yeah, it was just such a great mm-hmm. night. And I was a bit cheeky. I did put together a little slideshow and then had people talk a little bit about how God has impacted my life because I really wanted the focus to be yeah. on God. Um, yeah, well, yeah, and it was still fun because yeah. I think a lot of people in Ireland think, oh, you have to be really boring to <laughs> follow Jesus. And then they're like, but you don't make sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just having all this fun. blow up the categories. <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So here's my, here's one of my questions. Um, and frankly, it's something that I've struggled, um, over, okay. over the years is how do you maintain that warmth and relationship with students that isn't impersonal and distant or aloof, right? Like that you're, you're, you're part of each other's lives, genuinely, without just becoming so familiar that you're just their friend. 
right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there, I, yeah. I I know that I've fallen into that before. I know other youth workers who have fallen into that before, where it's like we have crossed a line into friendship, such that it's awkward or difficult for me to disagree with them, to call mm-hmm. out their sin, um, to lead into kind of Jesus talk. Because mm. now I have enabled us to fall into a different category of relationship by just being friends and quote hanging out together, right? So how do you establish think, that yeah. that personal warmth and that relationship that is still pastoral? Okay, so I think the warmth comes from engaging with them in all the church kind of programs, but then sharing life with them in the different ways I've talked about. Okay, that's the personal warmth. And I think also knowing what's going on in their life and following up with mm-hmm. them, that people will feel at home, they'll feel they belong. And then for the boundaries, so it's appropriate that there's a warmth there, but it's not appropriate that I'm their pal who is doing the exams at the same time i'm not going through the same things as them and that's perfectly okay um so back to the birthday story Mm -hmm. hey um the teen girls in my youth group hadn't really you know they'd gone to youth and church and stuff but that was the first night they all text each other to get the bus together and i only found out through that night that that's when their group chat started which led to like them doing like an app through a bible a bible app and the chats and that's what started it and i was like that was i praise the lord all glory to him um so it's it's being personal with people but trying to connect them into a godly friendship yeah. with other people at their age and stage and i think that's where i've gone wrong in the past i felt like i had to be that person where i think that's not helpful. So you want to have warmth. You want to be able to speak into their life. They want to feel cared for. But then at the same time, there's a time for correction. There's a time for rebuke. Yeah. And having that more mentor relationship with them is going to help it. So I'm trying to think, okay, how can I connect more, more godly Christians or people who are growing in faith together? Um, yeah, in different settings and encourage that mm-hmm. friendship. and um. Yeah, because that's not our place. Um, and, and praise God, it's not. And yeah, I've seen those girls now. They're they're all working in different places all throughout yeah. Dublin, and yet they're supporting each other as they're living for Jesus. Um, and I see how they're supporting each other even without any assistance from mm-hmm. me. But it was how God used youth and how he used that yeah. event, you know. Um, yeah, so I think I would say if you're listening to this in your youth ministry, I would... I would pray that the Lord would show you like different people to try connect up with and then pray for their friendships, you know, pray for them to develop. And I think one thing that is against us is like the world is so big now and people like people are into anime or Japanese anime and they're into all these mental different things. And often you'll go, oh, that person's a Christian, I'm a Christian, but we're not into the same thing. And I think it needs time. It needs space. It needs Mm-hmm. an activity or yeah for them to kind of bond and gel and that's what that's where we step in we can facilitate that we can encourage that yeah. we can help them see that and then we can pray yeah. um yeah and i've seen god form those friendships and um, yeah and it's exciting to see them grow it is it is that's really encouraging um i i love how you're saying 
and I'm not even a part of that anymore. And they're still doing it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, isn't that, isn't that kind of the dream, right? Yeah. Not that we would, yeah. you know, be able to just like pull out and not be part of it, but that, that they wouldn't need us to still yeah. continue in that type of distinctly Christian fellowship. Um, that's yeah. really affirming and encouraging. I know. And like they talk about everything, yeah. you know, which which you do as friends, yeah. but they're also, I saw them one Sunday and I said, oh, what are you putting it into your bag? And they're like, oh, we're just, you know, studying this book yeah. together or we're listening to this series. Yeah. And I'm like, amazing. Awesome. But I'm like, oh yeah, this, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fine. But it's, oh, it's so encouraging. I love it. So encouraging. I love it. Um, hey, I'm so thankful for you. There are so many other questions I wanted to ask you. So I think I'm just going to have to ask you for another time slot for us to talk again. Um, I want, I want to, I want to hear, I want to hear, um, all, all your stuff on the general storyline of scripture and the new creation. And, um, we'll have to, we'll have to have another conversation together. Well, actually, my pastor said to me, Janie, uh, 30 minutes, you're going to need like hours. Oh, I'm here. I'm here for <laughs> so, yeah, it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And yeah, I, thank you. I love podcasts like this where it's very conversational and just hearing what God's doing in different contexts is, is just so amazing, so encouraging. And I just like to say for anyone listening, my context is not always easy. And there are people who have walked away and have not come to faith. Um, but yes, I'm really encouraged from the story of Nebuchadnezzar. You know, um, he just didn't seem to get it. And seven years later, he did come to faith. So no one's beyond God's yeah. grace. And um, I'll just share one more story. There's uh, my church who was given a Bible when she was a teenager. And she just dismissed it. And this was 12 years ago. Um, and my friend, Carol, who I chatted about before, whose mom became a Christian and said she wasn't going to mm-hmm. talk, talk, tell anyone she's a Christian. Their next door neighbors gave lots of people Bibles. Um, but they also gave this girl Bible. Um, and she didn't open it until 12 years later. And then she got connected to us as a church. She's come to faith. Now she's getting baptized. But that couple never saw the fruit, mm. ever saw the fruit. So if you're listening to this and you're discouraged as a youth worker, or as a youth volunteer, take heart. Um, God is at work. He's building his kingdom. And sometimes he doesn't show us the fruit. And think of it this way. You'll be in the new creation. You'll be like, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you'd be here. <laughs> you know, and I really yeah. do think God's going to have so many surprises when we're in the I new creation. We're just... <laughs> You know, and that's that's what I try preach to myself on the days where it's hard, where people just seem apathetic or don't care. Yeah, yeah that's that that's a good picture to have in mind. So take that's heart. a great picture to Jesus have in mind. Jesus is building His kingdom. All right. Yeah. So as we as we wrap up, um, can you just share how can uh, how can how can we be praying for the church in Ireland, and in particular, how would you encourage us to be praying for the teenagers and next generation in Ireland? and for those ministering to them? Yeah, um, really good question. Um, I would say to pray for strength for people in ministry. I feel, I know, talking to different pastors from different youth workers, um, many people are flat out um, and the workload is very heavy. So pray that they would abide in the vine 
and that they would keep getting their strength from Christ because the demands are just so big. Like if you're the pastor, you're also, you're just doing so much. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. So the strains are quite heavy. And I would say that, that God would raise up um, Irish leaders who understand the context that we would be disciples who make disciples. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like most of my church family are first generation Christian. Like my, I'm pretty sure most of my extended family, all the generations back, as far as I know, were never exposed to the gospel, you know. Um, so my prayer is that we would see generations following the Lord and disciples making disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess for the young people to know that knowing Jesus is life to the full because mm-hmm. they're being told that all these other things are, and yes, they will suffer. They will have to stand firm. So, so yeah, for them to understand that actually knowing Jesus and suffering for him is worth it. Cause in, in Ireland, you will suffer for Jesus. Yeah. If you're going to say you're a Christian, you're going to suffer. And I think that's going to get worse. So just pray for the teenagers to be able to, to preach the gospel to themselves. And then for the ones not following Jesus and investigating, just I would pray more for families to be, to let down those barriers of mistrust, uh, thinking that, you know, I don't know, people think mad things like we're a cult or after people's money, it's just mental, but true time. Yeah. That those barriers will come down. And you know what? COVID has been amazing. I think people are um, asking deeper questions because of COVID and the pandemic. And yeah, I think people, I think God has used that in a great way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, prayer for those barriers to come down, strength for the gospel workers, confidence in the gospel for the teenagers and for God to raise up gospel workers. Yeah. So yeah, just just that's a short word. list there that's for you. Good, <laughs> no, that's, that's, a, that's a good word. Um, so thank you for joining us. Thank you for your faithfulness to the gospel first and foremost for your faithfulness to Christ and to the next generation. So, uh we'll have to talk again and have you on as often as possible. Yeah. Cuz you're wonderful. I'll post you some Irish tea and we can oh. drink it together on the next one. <laughs> I'm in. I am totally in. Well, thanks for joining us for this conversation. Please visit youthpastortheologian.com to learn more about our resources. You can find us on social media at Youth Theologian. We also have an active Facebook group where you can ask questions, share articles, and generally encourage fellow youth pastor theologians who are in the trenches with you. We'd sure appreciate it if you'd be so kind as to subscribe, leave a review, or even recommend this podcast to fellow youth workers. You can also subscribe to get new articles delivered to your inbox and to ensure that you don't miss any fresh content by checking out our website at youthpastortheologian.com. Most of all, we appreciate your ministry and your partnership in the gospel. If there's a topic that you'd like us to address or if you have an article to submit for the blog, then you can also share those on our website by following the submissions tab. In the meantime, Keep your eyes on Jesus, and we'll see you next week.